today is to give you an overview on how to discover high confidence variants from your next-gen sequencing data using Kaijin uh, Digital Insight products. So with that, uh, let's uh, briefly review today's agenda. So today we are going to look at how to detect variants from your sequencing data using CLC Genomics Workbench. Specifically, we'll look at how to upload the NGS data and set up the analysis and explore the results. Now, once we detect the variants uh, using uh, CLC Workbench, um, we will next utilize uh, Kyogen Clinical Insights Interpret uh, Translational, which is uh, what we call QCIIT, to assess uh, these variants further. Now, what I'm going to show you today is basically two different solutions that we have within Kyogen Digital Insights. Uh, the Kyogen CLC Genomics Workbench uh, can be used for variant detection and the Kyogen Clinical Insights or QCIIT translational uh, for doing variant analysis or evaluation. Now, basically you can take your sequencing data that is coming from a variety of sequencing instruments. You can then detect the variants using the workbench, and then you can evaluate them further using QCIIT. So by combining these two tools, uh, you can maximize your research outcome. Now, the advantage of using these solutions is you don't need to have access to command line tools. You can simply run these types of analyses using a GUI interface. Now, uh, uh, with that, you can then uh, generate reliable results and you can assess all of this uh, with, with very few clicks. So first, uh, uh, we will look at CLC Genomics Workbench today and see how we can utilize it to detect the variants within your samples. Now, uh, in CLC Genomics Workbench, you can easily view the variants within your samples using this genome browser view. Uh, now, these variants can be uh, synonymous SNPs, non-synonymous deletions, insertions, uh, just like uh, the ones that you guys mentioned in the poll. Now, I have a screenshot up here uh, on top uh, of this page. We have the genome browser. And at the bottom, we have uh, a variant table. Now, within the genome browser, you can view the presence of a particular variant within a gene uh, where your reference uh, sequences. And we can also see the reads uh, both in a stacked view or in an expanded view. And you can also see the amino acid changes over here. You can also align any other type of annotation that you may have, including other genomic tracks. Now, this browser is linked to this variant table. Now, you can easily go through your list of variants, uh, where they are located, what type of variant it is, uh, uh, what are the references, if there is ClinVar-related information. So all of that information can be viewed uh, in this table as well. And by clicking on any of these rows within the table, you can view the information uh, in the genome browser as well. Now, the beauty of the workbench is that it allows users like you to see the QC reports. 
So there are a variety of QC metrics uh, you will find uh, in your reports, uh, but I will show you two important metrics that users like you can take advantage of. So the first one is the mapping report. So you can uh, see how many reads were mapped or unmapped. So over here. Um, and this will allow you to determine the quality of your data. The second one is the target region coverage information. So CLC Workbench will generate a table with information about uh, the target region uh, coverage. Now, this information is not limited to just the mean and the median coverage that you see here, but it will also provide you with lots of other annotations to add to the table, such as uh, gene target, uh, uh, region length, uh, read counts, uh, minimum or maximum coverages, and so on. So from this table, you can then determine the, pool, uh, the poorly uh, covered regions uh, and decide whether uh, sequencing has to be redone or the sequ uh, you want to sequence just the missing regions. Now, apart from the QC metrics, you can also track and log the usage. Now, you can easily see who the user is. So here you have the user information. And when was uh, this analysis performed? So you have the date and what settings or parameters were used to call the variance. So you have uh, these parameters that are also displayed. So, so here we basically have an example. So I have a screenshot for the log um, with all the descriptions of all the steps you can see uh, in the settings. Uh, so this one uh, I'm showing you for low frequency variant detection. So these are all the parameters and the settings that were used. Now with the CLC workbench, you can then really track the steps for a particular analysis. And then you can come back from a year, a year from now and you will have all this information uh, on your fingertips. Now the workbench is a very versatile tool. Uh, and this can be used across different platforms. Now you can come into the workbench with basically data coming from uh, a different variety of sequencing machines uh, to perform a variety of uh, end user applications. So we'll be focusing today on uh, the variant analysis in particular. But just to make you aware, there are all these other tools um, within CLC Genomics Workbench. So for example, we have gene expression analysis, um, general genomic analysis. You can also look at de novo assembly. You can perform Sanger sequencing, look at a microbiome, uh, either using direct tools or you can add additional plugins uh, for this type of analysis. We can also look at uh, epigenetics as well. So basically, we have a, a range of tools that is applicable to the workflows or the data types that you might be interested in working with. Now, what I want to show you today is how to perform the secondary analysis from your sequencing data using CLC Genomics Workbench. So how can you basically detect the variance from your samples? So today we will go over how to import the sequencing data or your reads. Uh, we'll also look at how to select the workflow to run uh, these type of data. Now the CLC workbench, uh, the system will automatically perform the mapping, variant calling, deep filtering of all those variants to determine the high quality variants. 
And you can also use the tools within the workbench to visualize and inspect those results. And then finally, you can export uh, your results uh, or the variant file as a VCF or any other type of file format that you might be interested in. And then you can use and take that uh, information uh, for uh, further downstream analysis. So we will look at how to um, export this VCF file and then uh, look at that information in QCIIT for further interpretation today. Now, apart from uh, running your NGS analysis in CLC Genomics Workbench, you can run all of that, uh, your sequencing data, on a server or on the cloud as well. So this provides you with unlimited data storage space. You have increased pro uh, processing power now. And in addition to that, the data will be encrypted. So it will be uh, uh, only be available to the user who is running the data. Now you can easily deploy all of the workflows that I sh just showed you uh, from your computer uh, via the uh, CLC workbench. And this will allow you to scale up your data analysis and get the results very quickly using uh, the cloud or the server uh, options. So uh, with that, let's uh, dive into uh, the data analysis itself. So today we are going to work with this T2N0 uh, uh, oral cancer, uh, <coughs> oral uh, tongue cancer patient data, where whole exome uh, sequencing was performed for both the tumor and the normal samples. Our goal is to identify the somatic mutations in this matched tumor normal pair and the data uh, was basically uh, uh, derived from this published study. Uh, we uh, just download the data from SRA and we ran the analysis using CLC Genomics Workbench. So from here, uh, using the workbench, uh, today we will perform the variant calling using these uh, few easy steps. So first, I will introduce you to the CLC Workbench interface. And if you are a new user or haven't used the CLC Workbench before, this will be a very uh, useful information for you. For the variant calling itself, uh, we will first uh, learn how to import our sequencing files or reads uh, that we want to analyze. Then we will download the required references or reference data. And next, uh, we will use the pre-designed workflow for the variant calling. So here I'll show you two different ways to use the workflow. Uh, first one is for our new users. So this, is, this will be an easy semi-automated way. And the second one um, is for our advanced users. If you are interested in customizing any of these workflows, uh, we can also do that in CLC. Now, uh, then uh, after looking at the workflow, so we will actually run the workflow itself and then finally explore the results using the variant browser and the variant table. Now, when you open the workbench, uh, okay, let's see, let me just back. Okay, so when you open the workbench, let me open up the workbench. You can easily import the reads or the sequencing data 
using this import button. So let me grab my annotation tool. So here we have the import button. On top, from here, you can easily import any type of data that you might be working with. Now, all of your results uh, for the analyses will be saved under this navigation area. So over here, we have our navigation area. So you can create different folders and save all your uh, workflows and analyses uh, in this, in this uh, space. And below the navigation area, we have the toolbox. So here you'll find all the available tools for different types of analyses that you might be interested in performing. So these include uh, the pre-built workflows uh, that you can use to analyze your sequencing data. And we'll be looking at one of these today. Now on the top uh, right-hand right corner, we have our plugins. So here we have a, pl a plugin option. So this is uh, the place where you can add new tools to your toolbox. You can also download your references. So these references are not just limited to human, mouse, or rat genomes. You can access and download references for other species as well. And in case you don't find any of your species or the ones that you're looking for, you also have the option to add your own custom reference sequences. Now you can also download any of the public data coming from sources like NCBI or SRA and run the analysis on CLC Workbench uh, by just downloading the FASTQ files from SRA. Now you can also install new workflows by clicking on this workflow icon over here. All right, so now, the first step is to become familiar uh, with the user interface, which is what we did. Now, the second step, what we are going to look at is how to import your FASTQ files. So let's dive back. Like I mentioned, uh, to import any, uh, any of your data, you just need to click on this import button. Now, uh, once you do this, we are going to choose the Illumina option today. Now we are going to import pair reads or FASTQ files for both tumor and normal samples. So once you click on this option, you can see you have the add files button. So once you click on this, you can simply select your FASTQ files. So I have pair reads for normal and for tumor and click open. Now, once you have uh, this uh, 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 imported, you can you need to make sure that you select for pair reads if you are working with pair reads. Now, we do have lots of other options over here that you can choose from to uh, uh, manipulate the data further. But for today, we are just going to make sure we uh, import our data and then click on pair reads and then click on next. Now, over here, uh, we want to save these uh, files today in our navigation area. And we also want to create a log. So you remember uh, I showed you in my slides, you can create logs when uh, the uh, data was imported, who imported the data. So this will allow you to uh, track that information. We are going to click Next. 
And you can basically create a folder over here in the navigation area, and you can simply save it, uh, uh, save your uh, data sets uh, over here. So with that, um, so I already saved the data and ran the analysis, and it's under my webinar folder. Now, once you have, uh, uh, once you import the data, you just need to click on this finish button. And that's it. So that's how you import your data. So once it's imported, it'll take a while uh, depending on how large your files are. So once it's uploaded, so I have my reads over here as tumor versus normal uh, in the navigation area. Okay. Now, the next step is we want to download uh, our references. Now, to download the references, we are going to go to this reference option, which is on the top corner. Now, when you click on this, you'll see you have uh, lots of options on top. So when you click on download genomes, you have access to lots of different species uh, that you can select from. Now, under Kyogen sets, we have uh, already predefined reference data sets that we use frequently. Uh, so today, uh, we are going to download HG19, the human uh, reference genome. Now, once you click on this, you can see the information uh, <clears throat> about the reference uh, itself. For example, it consists of sequences, you have gene information, mRNA, CDS, etc. So you have lots of information that you can download selectively. Now to download the references, you just need to click on this download button. So right now, this is just grayed out because I already downloaded it. But you will actually see the option and you can uh, easily do that. Now, as you can see, CLC will also show you uh, the amount of free space that is available. So over here, uh, this is uh, what I'm referring to. So you can see the free, free space that is available on your computer. And you do have the option to download this either locally. So over here, let me clear my drawings. So here you have the option to um, save this locally on your computer. But if you are connected to our server, you will see the option for the server as well. So you can either download them on your computer or on the server. So this will save you a lot of this space if you're working with the server. Because you can see you're downloading at least about 10 uh, gigs of uh, reference information over here. Now, what uh, makes uh, CLC Genomics uh, Workbench unique is that it offers pre-built workflows that you can use to either customize or you can even create your own workflows using CLC. So when I say workflow, it's basically a step-by-step -step process that uh, we use uh, to, to build these uh, workflows. So for example, over here, uh, we are looking at a basic schema of how the variants are detected from NGS data. So first step is you take your FASTQ files and your references, you map them, uh, uh, you map the reads to your references, and then you perform your QC and generate your BAM files. 
And then you can determine the positions in which the polymorphisms or the variants are located. Then you can filter for highly confident variants. And then finally, identify variants by annotating them. So this is just a basic workflow of how variant, uh, variants are detected. But uh, today, I will show you two different ways to call the variants using the pre-designed workflows. So if you are a new user, uh, you can easily call the, work, uh, the variants uh, from your samples using uh, the pre-built workflow with, very, uh, with just few uh, mouse clicks. And then you can run the analysis in a semi-automated fashion. And all you have to do is just import your data and uh, download the references and use the workflow. That's it. Now, if you are an advanced user, CLC will allow users like you to easily customize, modify uh, the settings. Uh, you can either add or delete any of the individual elements uh, for the variant calling. So this is, again, is a relatively easy process. Uh, uh, so this will provide you the flexibility to analyze the data the way you want. So uh, today, uh, I will show you both of these ways to analyze your data. Uh, we'll first start with a new user approach. And at the end, we'll go over the workflow modification process itself. Now. All these workflows that I keep mentioning, they are stored here in the toolbox. Now these pipelines or workflows provide a powerful and easy way to automate and simplify the data analysis, allowing you to generate different outputs all at the same time, instead of generating them individually. Now, uh, in a workflow, uh, individual, individual tools are combined to automate and simplify the analysis of your data. So let's open up one of these workflows and see how it looks like. So today, we are working with exome sequencing. So here, you can see we have option for whole exome sequencing. If you click on the plus icon, we have lots of uh, different types of workflows available, general workflows, somatic cancer workflows, hereditary diseases workflow, and so on. So today, I'm just going to open up uh, Identify Variants. Uh, it's one of our simpler uh, workflows. Now, all once you double click on this workflow, all you have to do is um, work through this wizard that shows up. So the first step is, OK, we want to run our variant calling today. The second step that you see is select trimmed workflow input. So today we are interested in tumor and normal. So you can simply click on your reads. So these are, uh, again, we save this in our navigation folder. So we're going to add them. Then click on uh, batch if you want to do batch analysis. Next step is to click next. Now over here, we can see uh, we, uh, the wizard is prompting us to select the target regions. So if you have a target region that you're working with, you can also import that and save it in your navigation area and then just simply use that one. Uh, today, I don't have a target region, uh, but we can go to our CLC uh, references and we can get us, let's say, a CDS sequence. So under Homo sapiens, so we downloaded HG19 today. So over here under CDS, I have my target region that I'm selecting. 
then click on next. So since we already downloaded our references today, uh, it's that's why you can see that this uh, uh, a checkbox next to the HG19. So you know that this is downloaded. If you haven't downloaded your uh, references already, you can again select it during the workflow process itself and do uh, download it at that time. So we are going to select HG19 as our reference, uh, then click next. Now over here, uh, you can see we have this, uh, today we are doing low frequency variant detection and we have lots of different options over here uh, for uh, configuring our parameters. We are going to leave this as default for today since we are all new users and we are going to simply click next. Uh, again, we are going to leave this as default for QC for target sequencing. So uh, we are going to leave the minimum coverage as 20, click next. And finally, we are uh, going to save this in our navigation area. Make sure that the create log and create workflow results metadata is checked. And we are going to click next. And we can save this in the folder that we created. So we, I have my webinar folder. So this is going to be saved uh, under this folder. And finally, we are going to click on this finish button. And that's it. So all we had to do was use this uh, pre-built pre workflow and use these uh, wizard options to run the analysis. Now, uh, since we have limited time today, I did not run the uh, analysis itself, but uh, I already ran this earlier and have it saved under my uh, uh, navigation area. So here we have our reads. So here we imported our reads. Now, after running the analysis, uh, CLC will automatically generate QC reports for you, and it will also generate the results. So we have lots of different types of results over here. So the primary one that we want to focus on for looking at our variants is the genome browser view. Now to open this, simply double click. Now this is the browser and the table that we saw earlier uh, when we uh, looked at the slides. So here on top, we have our genome browser. And at the bottom, we have our uh, the variant table. Now, these are linked together. Now, if you click on any of the variants that you see within the table, for example, if I click on this one, you can see uh, in this genome browser, uh, this variant is zoomed in. So let me... Uh, just enlarge this. Let me make this space bigger so that you guys can see this easily. Now, over here in the genome browser view, on top, we have our chromosome, uh, basically the chromosome view. Right now, we are viewing a specific variant on chromosome 1. Now, this is followed by the reference sequence focused on the region that was targeted. Next, we have the gene information. So if you hover your mouse over on this area, you'll see the name of the gene. So this is ACTRT2 gene that we are viewing right now, the variant within this gene. 
Next, we have the mRNA transcripts that are available here. And over here, we have uh, the region with the coverage information. Next, we have the variant itself. So over here, you can see we are looking at annotated somatic variants. Now, if I just hover my mouse, so this is a T to C uh, variant. And just below this, you can see the reads themselves. So the reads are both in the stacked view. So this is the stacked view and this is the expanded view. Now within the expanded view, uh, you can, so there is a small scroll by option here. So you can actually scroll through your reads uh, within this expanded view. And then you can easily see uh, those individual variants uh, falling uh, within this position. Now, if we scroll down, so this was uh, reads for our normal uh, samples. This was for our tumor samples. And over here, we have the amino acid changes. So this is the amino acid view. And you can see there is a protein coding variant where we are... Uh, <coughs> where tyrosine is replaced by histidine. So this is where you can see the uh, amino acid changes as well. Now at the bottom, uh, we have the fast cons. Uh, now this will allow you to interrogate the possible functional conse uh, consequence of a variant by telling you how con conserved uh, this position is among a set of different uh, species. So I missed uh, this one. So this is the ClinVar variant. So if there is a ClinVar information available, uh, this will be displayed uh, as well. Now, so now that we looked at the browser, uh, let's look at our annotation table. So I'm going to just make this slightly bigger. Now, this table uh, contains lots and lots of information. So you have your chromosome, region, type of variants. You have allele information. Uh, we have coverage, frequency counts. So if you scroll down, that's a lot of information that you're getting from uh, just uh, using CLC Workbench to call your variants. Now, you can easily sort this table based on any particular parameter you're looking for. For example, uh, if you're interested in sorting this based on the type of variant, you can simply click on the header. So I'm just clicking on the header. So here you can see we have lots of deletions in, in this sample. Now, if I click on this, click on one of these examples, you can see where... Uh, the deletion was in which region. Uh, so this was for chromosome 19. So we're looking at all the transcripts that are available, uh, how well uh, the, the, there was coverage for this region, and the, the reads uh, where uh, these were deleted, and the amino acid changes, and so on. Now, the workflow uh, generates, again, lots of annotation that is available to you. And you can easily uh, decide which information to display using these table settings over here. So you have the checkboxes next to it. So for example, if you don't want to display uh, uh, 
a lead or like you know some probability some of these in information you think it's not useful for you you can just uncheck the boxes uh, in the settings and you can just remove it from the columns or if you add them back you can simply check them uh, again now once you are happy with the type of information you want to display and you want to make this view permanent on uh, on uh, or uh, want to view this on a regular basis you can simply click on the save view so this will allow you to save all these parameters or these annotation options and you can save this uh, and always access this every time you run your variant calling so now uh, basically you have a uh, even more efficient uh, way to uh, focus on the information that's important to you so basically we have uh, after variant calling you basically have this simple track view that you can access and visualize the information and you also have all the metrics and the information that you need to be able to look at and get the assess get some kind of assessment uh, for those variants now but often users like you are interested in qc or quality control uh, for these of these particular variants and you want to know how well has the sequencing worked are there uh, particular metrics that are important so for this you can easily generate a reports so let me expand this back and let's view our navigation area so um So here under my QC folder you can see there are a lot of QC reports that get generated uh but uh, in the interest of time I'm going to just focus on the target region coverage report and uh, the mapping report okay so users like you are usually interested in metrics uh, like these so so these metrics for example can be how well the sequencing was uh, is there adequate depth across all these regions are there regions with low coverage or regions that failed completely so we can get all that information so let's uh, first look at the reeds mapping report so if you double click on this tumor mapping option so we have the mapping report here so let me close the other options and so that we can just focus on the qc now here uh, like i showed you in my slides you can see which reads were mapped how many reads were mapped and how many were not mapped so over here you can see over 91% of the reads were mapped in this case now usually uh, over 90% uh, is considered a good quality so basically this mapping report will allow you to determine the quality of your data and uh, in case you are working with hybridization or uh, array approaches um, which include most of the exome kits uh, we should have a minimum of 50% uh, of the reads mapped specifically to the targeted region and over here we have nice uh, little graphs that uh, plots that you can see to uh, get some understanding about the mapping report now let's take a look at the target region information so over here uh, in the qc folder we have the target region coverage so if you double click on this let me close this and double click on this so this is just going to show you the target region now you can view this as a table 
by clicking on the small table icon, which is at the bottom. So here we have the small uh, table icon. Now, this table uh, is, again, going to tell you which regions have a relatively high coverage or uh, some of which uh, might have poorly covered. So that information uh, you can extract uh, from this table. So let me um, go back to my slide so that we can understand this a little further. Okay, so here uh, we have essentially the target region coverage table. Uh, although you're just viewing the mean and median coverage uh, over here, um, you have the option to basically decide uh, to keep uh, all the annotations that you want to view. So right now, I just took a screenshot uh, with our chromosome uh, with gene names and the mean and median coverage. Now over here in this table, you can see some of these regions, uh, they have relatively high coverage. And some of the other regions uh, have some poorly uh, covered, uh, like poor coverage. So with this information, then you can decide whether the enrichment or the sequencing has to be redone or the missing regions uh, have to be sequenced, uh, for example, using Sanger sequencing. So using this uh, target region uh, coverage report, you can then determine if there are sequencing errors, if you need to use different primers for sequencing, or you want to simply resequence uh, the missing regions using Sanger sequencing. So this is a nice report that will allow you to understand uh, those uh, metrics. Now, these... QC information uh, itself can be exported very easily. So here we have our table. You can decide which annotations you want to keep. So here we have lots of options that you can check or uncheck. And once you are happy with this information, you can export the data by clicking on this export icon over here. So on top, we have this uh, export icon. When you click on this, we have lots and lots of file formats that you can uh, download and save uh, your information. So you can save this as an Excel or as a VCF or uh, a, a text format and so on. Now, the variants themselves can be exported. So apart from the report, so if you go back to our genome browser, and if you want to save uh, the information uh, for the variants themselves, you can again select the, uh, the, the results that you want to save and click on export. And then you can save this as an Excel file or let's say a VCF. Um, and then you use this for further downstream analysis. Now, uh, with that, Dev, uh, I was hoping before I move on to the advanced uh, users, um, uh, is there like, are there any questions that we can answer? Yeah, good call. So as a matter of fact, we have a good number of questions coming in and to our attendees, please continue to submit questions through Q&A box. Uh, we already have Sean answering many of them, but like right now, we will take some questions live as well. 
And while you guys are answering questions, I just want to launch this quick poll to get some feedback as well in terms of what do you think of the speed of the training and your interest in the type of variants. So in terms of uh, questions again, Sumana, we have had like many questions, but let me start with this one. Okay. So uh, if a user is not seeing a lot of the workflows that you have on your screen, right, this ready to use workflow, uh, what can the user do to make those workflows appear in that screen? So um, one of the ways that you can access uh, some of these tools over here is by going to our plugin option. Most of the times, you might not have downloaded the plugin. So if you click on this plugin button, uh, which is on the co uh, top corner, uh, you can uh, download some of these additional uh, workflows uh, that you might not uh, see right now on your uh, CLC workbench. Right. And in this specific case, you download like the biomedical uh, plugin. And uh, that might have contributed to many of the workflows appearing there as well. Um, second question was like the workflow you use. Uh, and, and maybe this is something you'll be covering a bit in advanced training that you're going to go into right now. But workflow that you use did not have uh, trim sequences. So basically tool to remove adapters. So is that something that's available in CLC? And do you know a reason why it may not be included um, in the workflow that you just went over? So um, some of these workflows are, like like we mentioned, are pre-built. So some of the trim uh, trimming functions are probably already included uh, in these workflows. Now, if you do want to uh, include them as an additional step uh, by creating your own workflow, you can simply search for it. So if you search for uh, like trim uh, read, so you, you have like option to like, you know, so here, for example, uh, you can uh, trim the reads. You can add this as an additional step. And I'll show you how to uh, add these uh, uh, additional tools to your workflow uh, using uh, the workbench. So we'll go uh, over that process shortly. Okay, awesome, awesome. And uh... I, I guess we do have more questions coming in, but I, I think at this point, I'm going to turn it back to you. And again, to our users, if you guys have more questions, feel free to submit in Q&A box. Uh, Sean uh, is answering many of them and we'll once again, like answer some more live a little bit later on. Thanks, Dev. Uh, so let's uh, jump back to uh, our, ex uh, so, after this, so this is how uh, a new user can basically use one of these uh, pre-built workflows, uh, import the data, download the references, uh, run the workflow, and get the results uh, in your navigation area. Now, if you are uh, an advanced user, or if you are other uh, like users who want to perform other types of sequencing data uh, analysis, you can look at all these other options that are available here. So here uh, we have exome sequencing. Apart from that, uh, there are work, uh, workflows for uh, whole genome sequencing. We have Kaya-seq panel, uh, amplicon sequencing, transcriptome sequencing, and lots of other options as well. Now, if you are an advanced user, and since uh, the topic came up already uh, in, through the Q&A, uh, and you can easily modify any of these workflows to better fit your research needs. So let's open up a workflow and see what a workflow actually looks like. So 
under exome, I'm going to again just open up uh, this identify variants. So to open up a workflow, you just simply need to click on it, right click and select the option for open copy of workflow. So let me close the other windows. So here we have uh, this pre-built workflow. So this is this is what is there at the uh, back end of what you are basically uh, using. So these are all the individual elements or steps that you're performing just by using few clicks in the wizard, right? So we went through the wizard. We all we had to do was uh, select our reads and references and target region, and that's it. But this is what we have behind the scenes. Now, if you want to add any of uh, any new elements to the workflow, you can simply go to the toolbox here and search for it and drag it and drop it in this workflow window. So today uh, we performed a low frequency variant detection. Uh, and let's say you are interested in identifying germline mutations. Instead of just somatic, you want to also identify germlines. You can simply search over here in the toolbox for fixed ploidy. So once you click on this, so here uh, you can see we have a fixed ploidy variant detection. You can drag this and drop it. So here now we have a new element that we just added to the workflow. And uh, you can, the next step over here is to connect the elements, right? So we want to collect it to the rest of the workflow. Now we can easily do that by clicking on the read tracks. So here, and then we're going to connect it to read mapping. Now, if you'll notice, when you click on this option, so it is highlighted in green color and automatically shows you where uh, it needs to go. So here, when you selected, it was already, uh, it was showing in green color as well. So now this is connected to your workflow. And then you can, again, simply uh, redo these steps to connect to the rest of the downstream uh, elements within the workflow. So drag it, drop it, and just connect it. Now, like I mentioned earlier, uh, CLC Workbench is a very flexible tool. Now, if you want to adapt uh, uh, one of these workflows based on uh, different uh, requirements, you can easily change uh, the settings as well. Now, if you click. Now, to change or modify the settings, you can click on this small um, work, uh, workflow icon, which is at the bottom of uh, the workflow. So here we have the small icon. So if you click on this, this will take you to the configuration page. Now, once the uh, you can look at what are all the steps that are being performed. So if you scroll down, you'll see all the parameters that are available to you. And you can easily lock, keep these settings locked or unlocked uh, based on your requirements. So you can click on this lock icon and you can just lock these parameters so that no one can change this when you are uh, running your analysis. Now, so once you lock this, uh, lock these settings and you can save it by clicking OK. And you can save these parameters. And you can just go back to your workflow 
and run the analysis. So here we have the run option. So all of this editing customizations uh, can be done by specific users within each lab, uh, or you can work with our field application scientist team or support team uh, if necessary. But ultimately, you can decide the metrics or the annotations that are important to you. And you can have a system with a standardized workflow where all of the different users within your lab can run and use in an effective way. And you can, again, track all this information uh, by going to the log icon. So here, all the changes, all the uh, workflows that are being run can be accessed to this clockwork. So here we have uh, how uh, who performed these changes and uh, when these were done. You can uh, use this by checking on the, uh, the clock icon. And this is available uh, for every, like for your QC, for your results and all the rep different reportings as well. Okay, so to summarize the steps that we uh, went through today. So today we looked at uh, the interface uh, of CLC, where we looked at where to import, where your uh, results are saved, how to access the different pre-built workflows, and how to download the references uh, and the plugins as well. Next, we looked at how to perform variant calling. So we first imported our FASTQ files by going to this import option and we clicked on Illumina. And then we selected our pair reads that we were interested in uh, from our computer. We added and imported them into CLC. We checked the box for pair reads over here and then just uh, uh, imported the data. Next step was to download the references. So to access the references, you simply have to go to the reference option, uh, which is a reference manager, which is on the top uh, corner of the CLC workbench. And you can browse through the different types of uh, uh, references that you might be interested in. So here we selected HG19 today. You can download the reference and we did that and it was saved under the navigation area under CLC references uh, folder. Next step was to use a pre-designed workflow for variant calling itself. So we looked at what the workflow looks like and you can simply run by double clicking on any of the workflows that you have within your toolbox which again is stored uh, in the, uh, the toolbox area. And then finally, we ran the workflow by clicking on the run icon. So we went through the wizard uh, where we looked at different steps to um, uh, import the data, select the references and the target regions and uh, saving it in the navigation area. Finally, we explored the results using the variant browser and the table. So we visualized the genome uh, browser and we looked at the individual variants that were located uh, within a specific region. 
And we also looked at how to save uh, the results using the export option, which is over at the top uh, uh, in this uh, tool uh, area. So uh, with that, um, I wanted to move on to our second part of the training. So Dev, uh, before I move to the second portion, are there any questions that we want to uh, address? So, yeah. Uh, sorry, Sean, did you want no, to say? Go ahead, Dev. You're MCing. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, there are a couple of different um, questions that have come up, and we can definitely go through them. Uh, meanwhile, you know, just to get user feedback as well, I'm going to launch a poll about, like, you know, what has been covered so far and what is about to be um, covered. So one of the things that you covered was the you know, variant callers, right? So we have a couple of different variant callers. So like, what is the difference between them? So um, let me just go back to our toolbox and see. So if we type in variant callers, so here, if you type in variant, you have lots of options. The ones I wanted to show you, um, let's type in. Okay, so basically, uh, there are uh, three different uh, uh, types of uh, variant callers that we typically use. So the first one is uh, the low frequency variant caller that we just looked at today. So this helps you uh, identify the uh, somatic uh, variants. Um, but sometimes uh, uh, people also end up using for it for identifying rare uh, germline mutations. So that's one. The second one is the fixed ploidy uh, uh, that we just saw. So here we added the fixed ploidy variant, uh, variant detection. So this one is uh, typically used for uh, germline uh, hereditary uh, variants. So th th this is what uh, most uh, users use for fixed ploidy. The third one is a basic variant caller. So that one is a very simple tool uh, that calls uh, variants by comparing references to the reads. Uh, now, the difference between the fixed ploidy, the, the, the low frequency versus the basic one is that uh, the fixed ploidy and the, uh, the low frequency ones, they use uh, statistical models uh, based on uh, the base quality and coverage, etc versus uh, the basic variant caller uh, won't use these uh, statistical models. So that's the, the main difference. Okay, great. Now, another question came up about workflow installation. And for this, our uh, other scientist on the call, Sean Prince, has some comments. So I'll let Sean Prince uh, go. It wasn't so much a comment as, as much as it was just showing uh, where that button would be. Uh, so okay. I was going to have um, Samana just point that out as to, you know, the installation button, just so that way we could oh, yeah. so rehash that again. So I forgot to mention this. So we do have this installation button. So once you create uh, your own workflow or perform any modifications, you can click on this installation button and this will be saved in the toolbox uh, as well. Right. 
Um, another question, uh, and this is something that was reflected in the poll as well, was about copy number variation. So it seems that a good number of users are interested in copy number variation. So do we have tools for that? Yeah, so uh, whenever you are, um, you want to look for any type of analysis that, you're, that you want to work with, uh, my recommendation is to simply search for it in the toolbox. So if you type in CNV, <coughs> so uh, you, you'll see the option for uh, copy number variant detection tools as well. Okay, awesome. And uh, I'm presuming that just like the other tools to show they are workflow enabled so you can easily add to the workflow, connect, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, so you can add any of these elements, tools that you see within the toolbox and you can add it to your own workflow uh, and then uh, analyze the additional information uh, that you uh, were looking for. All right, so I understand Sumana, you have some more topics, so I will let you go again, but to our users again, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to submit them in the Q&A box like you have been submitting. Uh, we will also take some more questions live at the very end after Sumana goes over the variant annotation and investigation tool, QCIIT. And uh, to those who might need to leave a little bit early, I'll post a link to SurveyMonkey. So if you have additional open-ended feedback, feel free to communicate to us through SurveyMonkey. Okay, thank you, Sumana. Back to you. Okay, so for the second part of the training, we will look at how to assess the variants uh, that we just detected uh, uh, within uh, the CLC and how we can um, look and assess them further using QCIIT. So QCIIT is Kyogen Cl Clinical Insights Interpret Translation. Now to perform um, the variant interpretation using QCIIT. You can simply take your VCF file that uh, you generated using CLC Workbench or using your own internal pipeline that you might be working with. And you can take that information and upload it to uh, QCIIT. You can then utilize Kyogen's knowledge base, and then you can start mining the information about those variants based on ACMG guidelines or uh, APEC uh, guidelines. Now, this is uh, just showing you a screenshot uh, of what QCIIT looks like once you upload your variance data. Now, the variants are uh, basically color-coded based on their computed classification. You can also view detailed information about a particular variant, uh, such as actionability uh, for diagnosis or associated pathogenicity, effect on the protein, if there is any functional impact. So you can pr uh, also extract all that information from QCIIT. Lastly, you also have access to the bibliography to view the source of this variant information and where it is coming from. So whether it's coming from um, Cosmic or OMIM or any published papers, so all that information will also be provided. So to assess your variants, the first step, like I mentioned, is to just upload your variant profile then you would add uh, you would need to add patient information so this is the important step because interpretation of the variants uh, needs to be done in context of the condition from which the patient is suffering from 
Now you would also uh, then, uh, so you would use that information uh, uh, coming from our knowledge base to have a computed assessment of all the variants uh, within your list. You can then visualize the variant assessment uh, using our simple schema, like I showed you, uh, this uh, table format. And then you can finally uh, download the variant assessment data, uh, and you can easily share it with your colleagues. Now, now before I dive into uh, QCIIT, I just want to give you a, a little bit of background information about how QCIIT works and uh, how Kyogen's knowledge base powers uh, this uh, particular software. Now, Kyogen's knowledge base consists of basically two types of contents. So the first one is the curated content, and then the second one is the external databases. So both of these information uh, helps us do our variant interpretation. Now, our curated content comes mainly from peer-reviewed uh, papers or literature. Now, we have a team of scientists who go through the papers manually. They read them, they collect the re relevant information, and then add it to our knowledge base. So this provides the highest quality data to our users. Now, some other sources also include uh, FDA. Our team also curates information about the variants themselves from HGMD uh, and uh, AFC, which is Allele Frequency Community. We also get information uh, from clinical trials. And of course, uh, we have uh, our professional guidelines such as ACNG, AMP, uh, uh, ASCO, uh, CAP, etc. Now, we also incorporate information coming from third-party external databases, such as um, information like coming from dbSNPs, NOM-AD, 1000-genome, uh, OMIM, uh, ClinVar, Cosmic, uh, etc. So by bringing uh, these two different types of sources together, the external databases and the curated content we are essentially creating Kyogen's knowledge base. So our repository is updated on a weekly basis, and we have information from over a million variants uh, sitting uh, in this uh, database. <clears throat> now, as you can see uh, from this uh, Venn diagram uh, over here in the middle, so. Uh, here, so that's more than uh, combined uh, information coming from HGMD and ClinVar. So our knowledge base uh, is uh, very, very uh, rich and has information coming from uh, peer review papers as well, like I mentioned. Now, all of this curated information can then be used to interpret the results uh, uh, that are coming from your variants that I just showed you earlier utilizing a CLC workbench. So with that, let's uh, jump into QCIIT. So when you open QCIIT, you will see this analysis list page. So if you are a first-time user, this is going to be empty. Now, if you perform any of your analysis uh, earlier, you'll see the list of these analysis. Now, to upload uh, the VCF file and to create an analysis, we are going to simply click on this Create Analysis button. 
Now, once you click on this, this is going to ask you for uh, a relevant pipeline uh, information that you're looking for. Since we are working with tumor normal samples today, we can select for somatic. But if you are a user who is working with uh, rare uh, germline variants or hereditary uh, based uh, variants, so you can select for uh, that option as well. Now, you have the uh, ability to type in uh, lots of detailed information about your particular project, but I'm just going to leave this empty for now. And so after selecting somatic, we are going to click on upload uh, samples. Now, once you click on this, you can provide the name of the sample. So I'm just going to type in tumor uh, for just uh, for the ease. And uh, you can then simply upload your VCF file, a zip files, a CSV, TSV format. So we have lots of different formats that QCIIT accepts. So if you click on this, uh, so I have a VCF file uh, saved over uh, on my computer. So I'm just going to select and click open. And from here, um, we are going to click on continue. So now this is, um, uploading the file. So this is going to take a couple of seconds. Now, once we do this, we are now going to uh, uh, provide parameters for uh, running this analysis. Now, there are lots of options you see here. The required options is the diagnosis, the tumor site, so these are uh, the two options that you have to uh, mention. So since we are working with head and neck cancer, so you can type in head and neck. So you can simply type in the name and then you can select uh, the tumor site as well. So over here, um, you'll find uh, head and neck as well. Now, once we do this, we are going to click submit and that's it. So we are going, this is how uh, you run the analysis. So this will take several minutes to run it. Uh, since I did not, uh, I ran this earlier for uh, the sake of time. So I have my analysis uh, saved in the analysis list. We are going to click on this and this will open up the analysis for us. Now, once you open the analysis, uh, it'll, this will give you an overview of all the variants that you have uh, within your VCF file. Now you can see that the variants uh, that are listed in this table, um, uh, they are uh, color coded. Now some of them are in shades of red, some others are colored gray. So this illustrates their computed uh, ACMG uh, classification. Uh, in this case, this will be uh, <coughs> the uh, the CAP uh, classification, maybe. And so, so this is uh, according uh, to the classification systems. Uh, they're highlighted whether they are uh, pathogenic or likely pathogenic, or uh, we don't have uh, uh, uncertain information. So whenever you see um, light red colored um, options, uh, uh, sorry, the right red color variants, such as here in this case, we have uh, ATP2A2 
or uh, CFP. So these have been classified as likely pathogenic. So here in this box, uh, you can see uh, it, it, these are mentioned as likely pathogenic. If you click on one of the gray ones, so over here we have the gray ones like uh, a, uh, ACAN, ACCS variants. So here um, we can see these are they have uncertain uh, significance. Now, even uh, before uh, digging into uh, this data about the variant, uh, we will show why uh, this was computed, uh, the way it was computed, uh, by simply clicking on this box. So now you, here you can see we have the ACMG guidelines or classification along with the evidence that we have uh, coming from Kyogen's knowledge base. And we also have, uh, you can see the levels of actionability as well as the CAP guidelines and the evidence uh, for um, being likely pathogenic. So this is a useful information that will provide you um, why your uh, variant is pathogenic or likely pathogenic. Now, if, uh, if you want to look at the variant uh, uh, in detail, you can simply click on this tab over here on top for uh, variant details. Since I selected for uh, ATP2A2 genes, so here we have the uh, variant uh, detailed uh, tab uh, and information is over here. So as expected, this gives us a lot of information about the classification, how we arrived uh, at this tier three likely pathogenic overall classification. And we can also see the guidelines that have been triggered. And you can also view detailed information about uh, the effect uh, on the protein, uh, the somatic uh, frequency, uh, if there were any reported functional impact, that will also be listed. Finally, if you are interested in viewing the bibliography or the sources of information, you can simply click on this view uh, bibliography button, and this will provide you with uh, the relevant information. So I'm going to go back to our variant list. Now, once you're finally happy uh, with this information, you can uh, export the data and save it on your computer by clicking on this uh, download uh, button, the cloud button. Now over here, you can see uh, we have options to download as a, a text format, a Excel format, or VCF, or you can simply export this to IPA, which is the Ingenuity Pathway Analysis. So this is where a lot of our users, they really love to uh, take their variant information and further um, assess them and see how they're involved, uh, what type of uh, molecular mechanisms are involved, um, uh, how they're connected to the disease that you might be interested in by uh, assessing them uh, in, in genetic uh, pathway analysis. And again, you also have all these annotations that, uh, that you can save uh, that you might be interested in. Now that uh, we have a annotated uh, variant list, uh, you might be interested again in analyzing uh, this information uh, further. And you can, like I mentioned, you can do this by using Ingenuity Pathway Analysis and popularly known as IPA. So let me briefly show you how you can utilize uh, IPA uh, using your variant list.
So if you are a researcher working in biotech industry or in academia and you want or you might be interested in determining how these variants are connected to your disease of interest, how they are involved in a specific pathway, uh, what are the disease mechanisms uh, associated with that, you can get all that information using IPA. Now, in, within IPA, you can simply take uh, the variant list and you can upload it. So here you can see I uh, already generated a list uh, for the variants. And you can run them through uh, a feature within IPA called the BioProfiler. So here, if you go to the Create New button, you can run through uh, the BioProfiler. You can also perform comparison analysis or you can uh, generate pathways or networks by connecting your variant to a downstream function uh, of your interest by using all these different options that you see here. Now, when you do run through a bioprofiler, uh, this is what you get. Uh, you get a big table where uh, we have the list of all our variants uh, that uh, you uploaded. And you can see how they are connected to head and neck uh, uh, cell carcinoma. So here you have the diseases and functions list, and you can see uh, the, the one, for example, the ATP2A2 uh, is associated with oral squamous cell carcinoma. And we also have associated um, literature information uh, where uh, this is coming from. Now, um, now, this information, you can then use this to present uh, in your uh, lab meetings, or you can present this at a conference to show how your variant is associated with uh, the disease uh, that you're working with. You can also select some of these variants. So for example, if I select uh, four of these, and you can easily display them as a network. So here we have this display as network option. If you click on that, so you, uh, you can easily generate a network. Now, again, I'm just showing you the basic functionalities. If uh, you want to learn more about how to utilize IPA for your research, uh, please uh, attend one of our, uh, one of our um, IPA monthly trainings. So we do uh, introductory trainings and we do deep drive uh, trainings as well. So basically, using uh, some of these uh, build and overlay features, you can uh, build a novel hypothesis to see how these variants influence a, a downstream function or a disease. And then you can use that hypothesis to write uh, new grant proposals. You can use this for publishing your manuscripts. So a lot of information uh, you can generate and develop uh, using your variant list uh, by utilizing uh, Ingenuity pathway analysis. So to summarize uh, what we have been looking uh, at today, we uh, showed you uh, the functionality of Workbench, which is very, very simple to use, especially using one of our ready-to-use workflows to detect and analyze sequencing data from a wide variety of sources. With very few steps, uh, users like you can then perform uh, sequencing, uh, can go from sequencing uh, your reads to uh, the variant uh, data itself. 
With uh, uh, QCIIT, you can accurately detect and visualize those mutations. And by combining uh, these two software packages uh, together will allow you to reduce the complexity of interpreting uh, those variants based on the professional guidelines and the information we have within our knowledge base. You can use this high quality variant list to uh, export into Ingenuity pathway analysis, and then you can generate new hypothesis to determine how your variant is involved in a disease mechanism. You can also use it for uh, target uh, drug target validation and so on. And finally, you can share all this information with your colleagues by easily exporting uh, the data uh, from CLC Workbench and QCIIT as well. So I hope what we showed you today will allow users like you to easily go from your sequencing data to detecting your variants in CLC Workbench to interpreting your variants in QCIIT and IPA.